This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Five minutes past eight. Let's get stuck into the Monday breakdown. And I think this was nearly the highlight performance there of the weekend. And we might start off with this victory of this wonderful three-year-old militarized in the Golden Rose. Cylinder starting to hit top gear. Moravia hasn't got much room. Nor Charmstone. Endcap hits a narrow lead at the 150. Endcap from Butch Cassidy. Cylinder hitting the line hard. Endcap. Cylinder. Militarised late. Oh, barnstorming finish by Militarised. The late attack. Diving. And I think he got there in the Golden Rose. He did Cylinder get there, Darren Flindell. Let's welcome in the breakdown team. Mickey Gaddon, you're all over. Militarise on Thursday and Saturday. It was a big performance by the Waller Train Galloper. Mate, it was huge. And um, blessed to get the bob there. Joe Maria, how good was he going? Lobs in Warwick Farm, rides winners, then goes to Rose Hill and does it again. He's absolutely flying. One of the best jockeys we've ever seen in this country, G. Yep. All right, mate. Yeah, it was a terrific performance. Now, um, let's say good day to Dean Watling from DeanWatling.com. Good day, Dino. Morning, Gareth, Dicko, Gunner. Yeah, it was a brilliant performance. And like Gunner mentioned, Joe Moreira, he's an absolute freak. Went to Warwick Farm and looked like he'd ridden there for his whole life. And then and Daisy's up there to, to Rose Hill rides at a treat. So, but on a Gunner, he was all over militarising a, a really exciting finish to the Golden Rose. And Jack Dickens, did you enjoy your weekend, mate? And that Golden Rose, I think it'll be one of the better Golden Roses that we've seen for quite some time. It was one of the more painful Saturdays, uh, punning-wise <laughs> in my life. Uh, but it was enjoyable to just sort of sit back and watch some of these horses. Yeah. It was a, a good day's racing. Caulfield and Rose Hill put on a pretty good show for for the punters, I think. Let's hear what Chris Waller, the champion trainer, had to say about the performance of Militarise. Yeah, it was a classic, classic golden, golden Rose, um, good field. Uh, I guess we had a nice, favourable draw, confident jockey. And... Um, I always thought the 1400 would be a bit short and yeah, we chose to put the blinkers on, which I don't like doing too early in a horse's career, but might have just got us home. So that was Chris Waller, Gano. What did you make of the Golden Rose overall, the big winners, the big losers out of the race? Yeah, I'm militarised progressing through to a Guineas and even potentially a Cox Plate, obviously big winner, King Colorado. I think maybe just wants a little bit further, maybe a little bit more sting out of the truck. G Shinzo, I think, pulled up two or five lame, if I'm... Um, yes, correct. Believe that's, that's correct. Uh, and Cylinder was enormous, absolutely enormous. Mm. What about uh, you, Dicko? What did you make of that race? Uh, I, I would have liked to hear what the jockey said about Shinzo, but apparently <laughs> Ryan Moore doesn't have to give the punters any sort of information. I think that's a, a disgrace. Yes, and, for all that PVL does, you can sing your silly songs, you can put money behind races, but if you can't get your your stars to communicate to your audience, then you're just you're pushing the proverbial up a hill, and that needs to be addressed big time. Um, he would have flown first that class. Up. He I'll... would have got paid cash. Yeah. He, he, like I'll chase that up. Complete and utter PR. How about you? How about you spend twenty seconds and give the give the punter and the audience just a little bit of feedback because kids of all ages would enjoy that sort of content. I. You know how much I despise most of what everyone says, and I'm not that interested. But I still love watching like the the post race of the the jockeys on races.com when they 
you know, they come in from the, the underwater, whatever it is. Like, I find that interesting myself, and I'm sure, like, people of all ages would, and it's a disgrace that he didn't speak. It's part of the narrative, and he should be better. But I think under those circumstances, Chris Waller and, oh, but especially Tommy Magny can come out and say how he is today, etc. No one cares. Yeah, what he they, made, they, but they he didn't make any comments say. on any races. Balls. Yeah, I know, but... You want to ride... Yeah, it should be it should be under like fist up there. As if he can't enforce that too. Yeah, he doesn't talk overly much, um, Ryan Moore. But when, when well, I, don't ride here. Well, I think when Coolmore say you need to talk up this stallion, he's pretty. He, he's not yeah, lost. Yeah, he finds yeah. his voice yeah. there, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got a ability to stay and yeah. also a turn of foot. He's he, just a freak. He was good at two. He's better at three. Well, yeah, good he, on you, mate. He might not. He might not understand that you got to go and talk to the. Sky Racing presenter after the races there on Saturday in Sydney. Especially after you've just like given your horse dead set and none in a, yeah. in a moderate tempo too. Dino, what do you make of the Golden Rose? Yeah, I thought they all had their chance to probably beat Militarise. He's the only one that you sort of want to follow out of it. I'd suggest King Colorado, probably another one. I guess he's just flat-footed over the 400 metres and he was a big steamer in the market. I think he was $7 uh, during the week and he sort of firmed into favourite. Cylinder is interesting. Speaking of post-race interviews of the jockeys, Nashville's filthy with himself. If you want to watch that, he sort of suggested that uh, if he lands with cover and not three wide, he probably wins the race. So Nash had a peach of a day, but he probably wanted his time back with Cylinder. And outside of that, I thought it was a bit of an even bunch again. So I think Miller tries shouldn't have won in the sense of he probably better 16 to 2,000 metres, but his class just shown, uh, shone there. So, um, yeah, that's all the take on the I, I thought I thought Charmstone was very, very good. Very, very good. Was mm-hmm. unable to sort of get momentum when she needed it. But she, she stamped herself as as good as they are. I, I'd be very excited to see where they take her next. She's proper. I like, couldn't sort of get out and get through her gears. And um, thinking Everest, Dico? I think she could do sort of anything. And Mm -hmm. she's got that, like, she's developed this ability to put herself into a race, which, you know, she found the coffin, which is a profitable position. But on Saturday, it wasn't for her. You know, it was the coffin that she couldn't get out of it. But um, I think she's got good upside still. She's really come back as a three-year-old as a very, very proper horse. Mm -hmm. I I thought that um, that King Colorado's, you know, half a myth and so is that Queensland form. The market steamed into it 100%, but I bet you they don't next time. Let's have a look at the horse that Militarise will be taking on in a Caulfield Guineas. And this Caulfield Guineas is going to be some race in the middle part of October. Here is Departy winning the Caulfield Guineas prelude. Stapati is the widest with a lot to do. Rock Empire at the 250 from Centerfy on the outside. Southport Tycoon is getting out as well. Centerfy strikes the front at the 150. Southport Tycoon. She lighted Stapati from nowhere. It's going to be a big finish. They hit the light. Stapati. Stapati has got up to win it. Has picked itself off the canvas. Yeah, it was, it was great to see him relax and Johnny giving the opportunity for that. Um, he's got a boom turn of foot like I've, I've seen it over the years um, you know for me at my farm uh, I haven't seen a horse with a 400 on him like like this fella so uh, good to see that used today, bit of pressure and uh, he stood up. Yeah what a performance by Stapati Dicko he had to give them a start and he didn't look like he was going to win but good horses overcome that and he did just that on Saturday uh, I think the key fact here is that this trainer improves horses into a preparation dramatically. So you are, you are not 
cheering on a little horse here, like with your own bias. Like it's a fact that this horse will probably get better as it goes through this prep, whereas other camps aren't as significant at that. Um, very good horse. Bunch finish is a bit of a concern to stamp it as a form line. I thought the ride by Ben Allen on Centrefire was one of the rides of the day. And if you're back Sheelite like I did, yes. it's pretty grim. Um, I think it was as good a run as anything so, in this race and it potentially is the, the betting opportunity in the Guineas because it just has to go off a pretty fat price. Just with um, Sheelite Dicko is that he, he, he put the, the flashing line on top of his head last start, but he keeps on missing the kick and getting back. Do you think if he draws a barrier that hopefully he can – they can work it out with him and he can jump a little bit better? Or is it just a case that you'll just have to rely on tempo in a Caulfield Guineas? You'll see a little bit more tempo, but you need to draw well in a Guineas, yeah. particularly with his his pattern. But I think what also brought him undone was he's behind the best horse in the race and Johnny Allen didn't didn't panic. He almost should have panicked a little bit quicker than he did, you know, but he got away with it because he had a freak under him. Yeah. But if he was behind, you know, like a V8 or a little bros, they would have got into the race a little bit sooner and given him that drag he probably needed. It was a very bunch finish. If you back Centrefire, you're entitled to be pretty crook. You know, if you back Sheelite, probably pretty crook. If you're good enough to find Southport Tycoon, <laughs> you're on the floor. <laughs> you know, it was a very, like, even race, and there's a lot of unlucky runs in it. Like, oh, not unlucky runs, but, like, horses that could have won in a different uh, scenario. So, yeah. great right. race. It sets up for a phenomenal um, Caulfield Guineas. It's probably my favorite race every year, and it's looking like it's going to be a cracker this year. What do you think, Dino? Yeah, I thought it was an outstanding win. Like you mentioned, Gareth, only good horses get themselves out of those type of positions. A bit of a strange ride by Johnny Allen. He went sort of forward, back, forward, back, and then on the bend as the, the tempo quickened, he sort of got the horse to relax and got it to the outside. I thought they had every possible chance. I know it was a bunch finish, but I think the best horse won. And if he gets a better run in transit from a better gate, I think yeah. he puts panels on them. Uh, like Dick, Dick, I mentioned, this horse is just taking uh, lengths, improvements between runs and, the biggest attribute he has, he doesn't have to get back. He has tactical speed. We've seen that in the past. He can go forward if he draws a good gate. I think that's all of the ingredients of a really smart horse. So great finish, great ride, and I can't wait for the Caulfield Guineas. Mickey Gannon? Just from a betting perspective for the Caulfield Guineas, G, I think Shalite $13 to party $4. I think that gap's probably just a little bit too big. Yeah. We're about to have a chat about the Caulfield Guineas market in just a moment, but um, it is going to be a great race. Before that... I want to play you the performance of Osmosis, who took out the heritage there on Saturday. Um, he sat outside the leader and blew them away for Rachel King. 300 metres to go and Osmosis puts the head in front. Namesake running on on the outside. Two lengths away to Celestial Legend and further back to Barber. It's Osmosis, just the leader from Namesake. Osmosis lifting, kicking. Osmosis goes on to win the Heritage. The Colt remains unbeaten. Celestial Legend... So Osmosis was far too strong and this is what Bjorn Baker had to say after the race. From a horse point of view and doing the right thing, we'll have a good thing about it. We'll get him home. And it's not necessarily about today. It was always going to be about second and third up and the main aims of Coolmore. But he's definitely uh, one of, if not the most exciting, cult of trained. So deals are going on as we speak. Um, I don't think Bjorn really wants to go to the Everest. I think he prefers to go to a race like a Coolmore and target the cult at that race. But... The owners of Derby Racing, there's a few in this horse, and they say, we're going to the Everest if we can get a deal. So, Mickey, do you think that he – I think he'll go to the Everest. I think – this is my – this is how I'm thinking how this will this will play out. So, James Harron has got a slot now 
vacant because of the situation. We've got to, yeah, we've got to talk here. about that for a bit too. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that later on, won't we? We will actually. Good. I've just had. Um, I've just been talking to Clayton Douglas. I think he was. Oh, good. Yeah, you'd be the only bloke. I think he was having a chat to Milo. Um, Now we've got to get back on track. So Mickey Gannon, Osmosis. I'm thinking like James Harron. He's got a vacant slot now. His brother-in-law is Henry Field. They own a little bit now of Osmosis. I wonder if that deal will be getting done. Yeah, I think it will be getting done. Jamie spoke on Saturday on the on winners, suggesting that if uh, Osmosis comes out and puts in a good performance to get the job done, has natural improvement, obviously being first up. I think the reason why Bjorn wouldn't be that keen is because he's got an on-speed runner in overpasses. He really want two on-speed runners in the Everest going at each other. I'd, I'd say probably just be happy with one. Um, but oh, well, I reckon Osmosis can just sit on the back of overpass. Yeah. I, I was listening to Ronnie Duffercy yesterday, and I got a lot of respect for the great little man. And he was saying that, like, he just wants to see, and I, I agree with him, that um, Osmosis is following a, another horse. <laughs> the, the great little man. Yeah, well, great you know, little man, yeah. Where was he going with I think, that? I, I'm with you, Jay. I think Osmosis would be great for the race. Add more speed, really help out. I, I wish I win. Something coming from behind. Dino, you're a big fan of Osmosis. You, you know Rachel King really well. What did you make of it? Yeah, I think you can add a little bit of merit to the the win. I think it's sitting outside the leader first up, especially being from the backyard, who's very uh, much so gets his horses to improve with runs. I thought that had to add merit. And Royal Tribute's a pretty good gauge for that horse, and so is Celestial Legend. I think Celestial Legend could turn out to be the best of all these three-year-olds um, in the autumn. I thought the win was outstanding. And the biggest thing to note is, did we think, yes, 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 did we think Kick could win the Everest off their last start one, uh, runs prior to, to going into the Everest? I'd say majority of people said no. Gano even said on race day last year that he'd walk home from Ramwick if he kick one and look Good what he done. And and they sort of... Did he walk home? Just... <laughs> no, I walked to the Uber. <laughs> walked to the Uber. Um but they sort of had a similar pattern in the sense of they sat on speed in their last start prior to the Everest. And then in the Everest, they sort of took a sit behind a fast speed and we saw some superior horses come to the fore. I'd love to see them in the race. They've got a great record. They get so in at the weights. Um, but obviously, you got to figure it out. you got a really good horse in hand. Do you want to blow him up? I'm not sure. But Home Affairs has gone to the Coolmore from it as well. So there's always that option, Gareth. All right, then. Let's have a look at a few of the markets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. I just wanted to find out, gee, like the driver. Was was Don Byrne on holidays on Saturday? Well, I think Nash just – I think he jumped too well, Nash. <laughs> well, Stanislaus was a, like almost a certainty at Flemington on Sunday. They went here. Yeah. I don't know where Don I mean, was. What's going on? I don't know. You'll have to. I might have to ask when I. Um... Yeah, I think you might have to because. But the you know... jockeys can get it wrong from time to time, even if they have no, the, the placement of the horse was what they got wrong. Oh, okay. It was a certainty at Flemington. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that, Dicko. They get well, it right. I, I'm pretty confident in my views. Yeah, so, I just yeah. got to go through the Caulfield Guineas market. Militarized three twenty fives to party four dollars. King Colorado at seven fifty. Cylinder thirteen won't go there. Shalite at $13. Mickey, you mentioned Shalite was a good bet, maybe at the $13. NCAP 15 probably goes there as well. Yeah, gee, I think this, the difference the, the difference in the market between Stapati $4 and Shalite $30 is too big. So if I had to take one of those two, it would be Shalite at 13 so. All right, then, Dicko, do you have an opinion there? Shalite uh, at the price, you don't, you shouldn't and you don't have to, and I wouldn't, but if you needed to, Shalite. Yep. And what price is V8? V8 is out to $17 now. Well, it started three seventy on Saturday. Yeah. Every horse is allowed to have a day off. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it bounced through that and, and improved a stack. Dino, your thoughts there? 
Yeah, if Tom Kitten goes there, I think he's the one I want to be with around thirteen dollars. I'm yep. not sure if he goes there on the Spring Champions, but he has grouse form in Sydney, tactical speed, and I think he'd be probably in the top three conversation with Militarised the Party in King Colorado. And just with the Coolmore, now it's a long way away, but Osmosis is four fifty, Cylinder <laughs> five fifty, Shinzo nine, I'm unstoppable eleven, Charmstone eleven, King's Gambit won't go down the straight at thirteen dollars. Um, who's the best sprinting three-year-old at the moment in the country? Is it on, is it osmosis? Is it cylinder? Or do you give Shinzo another chance here? We'll start with you, Dino. Yeah, osmosis off the weekend. I think the Heritage Stakes, I'm critical of that 1,200 metre and below form. I think cylinder could probably go back to 1,200 metres. I'm not sure 14 was his go, so probably them two for me. G- uh, Jacko? Oh, Jacko Dicko? Oh, I'd be very interested to see what, you know, Cheeky, sneaky Uncle Chris does with Shinzo. I mean, that wasn't the right setup. It was in an unwinnable position. It drew poorly. It was the like rock solid in the market. You'll go I to the mean, Everest if he pulls up okay. Yeah, I, I think Shinzo's a a definite betting opportunity yeah. next start. Spot on. I'm a dicko. Shinzo's I want to follow Shinzo into yeah. the Everest and then into the Cornwall as well. I think you're getting fifty one dollars or something, Shinzo the Everest. I don't know about that now, eh? $51. Where'd sure you I saw that. Oh, right, Around $21. There $21. Close. Well, depends where you're looking, gents. But, yes. uh, yeah. 822, you're with Gareth Hall, Dean Watling, and Jack Dickens. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more straight after this. This is the Monday Breakdown on Giddy Up. Now Espiona's coming off heels. She's starting to give chase. Zugotcha can't do much more. Three lengths away to a tissue is putting in a good challenge. Diamond Dealer being joined by Espiona. She really wants to lay in. Nash trying to straighten her up as she stormed two lengths clear now from a tissue charging home. But it's Espiona clearing the golden pendant. Espiona the favourite too good beat a tissue. Banana Queen. If we can't find a better one, she'll be there. Look, the horse that beat her last start's got a slot. Um... I guess we've got to work out like where she fits in. We won't say no. Someone might grab it before our slot. Who knows? So um, for Denise and for Star Thoroughbreds, I hope they do get a slot. It'll be fantastic. Uh, it's such an amazing race. And they'll run with speed on. So she's got the right setup. Just got to be good enough to win it. We'll wait and see. So that's Chris Waller talking about his mare Espiona. Dean Watling, do you think she is good enough to compete in an Everest if Chris can't find a better one? Or do you think he could find a better one if he looked a little harder? I think uh, she's right up there. I think uh, if you are going to go to an Everest, I think you've got to keep Nash in the saddle. He is the key ingredient. I think we saw that in the weekend. She can do a little bit wrong in the run, but Nash, with that aggressive and strongness that he rides with, he can just straighten her up. And I haven't seen her travel that well into a race um, since probably a day build down in Flemington. She looked elite. The time, it's hard to get a guy. They went really slow to the 600 metres here and, They've absolutely zoomed home. It was comparatively probably a complete opposite setup to the Golden Rose, but she's a horse who just screams fast tempo, 1,200 metres, Ramwick would suit her down to the ground. This is 1,400 metres, and like Chris referenced there, she has a form around Sunshine in Paris, so you can't um, sort of deny that. So uh, getting to the back end, um, she's a horse in form, and we've seen that over the years, that a horse like that can bob up in an Everest if you've got one in form, Gareth. Dicko, what did you make of that performance of Espiona there on the weekend? She's very, very, very good. Uh, I think there's a pearl here for like, punters if you're playing at home. Her raw sectional first up, 
six of the four was 11-16, four to the two, 10-6-8, two home, 10-6-8. Horses do not do that very often. If you can spend the time and find those sort of setups, they're very easy bets to have at the next start. Mm-hmm. Um, she she profiled to, to be very, very hard to beat up in trip here. Um, she's in like red hot form. God knows what would have happened if she went straight. Well, that's like, a problem. Maybe she would have gone too fast. Yeah. No, well, like, she can't go much faster than she's going, I know, going sideways. So can she make, don't go much quicker than this is what she, I'm trying to say. Yeah. Can she make that mistake at an Everest and hang around the turn and do it? Because she seems like, as Nash said after the race, is, once she went past him, she straightened up. But she just, she just, she's just got a, a, a mind of her own a little bit. I, I think good. I'd be careful in Everest. Like she... I really liked her on Saturday also because she had the complete PR map-wise if, if you you know thought it was going to be yeah. a little bit on pace and inside. And you know, it was a small field. She could get away with a tardy start if she had a tardy start, things like that. Different setup in an Everest. She's she's a mare who can go anywhere and run in anything from sort of – I'd have a 13 to 1,600 metres and just pick them apart and make a lot of money. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Dick. I'd, I'd play, take the path of least resistance there rather than running a, a nice solid six – in an Everest. So at the moment with the Everest, Max Whitby, Neil, we're at Private Eye. The tab's got Buddhist notches. We broke that exclusively here on SEN Track and Giddy Up Wednesday. ATC overpass, trackside New Zealand, Entain, I wish I win. James Harron, probably overpass. You would imagine might be favourite for his slot after Giga Kick comes out. Godolphin, osmosis. osmosis. Osmosis, what did I say? Osmosis, overpass. yes. Overpass, overpass. osmosis, yes. Um, we just had a chat to the team there at Derby Racing. It's got Derby indicated that they have had a chat to a few slot holders. The horse has pulled up nicely and they'll make a decision by the weekend. Godolphin, that's it. After watching Cylinder on the weekend, do you go Cylinder or In Secret? Who do you think would be a better chance for the Blue Army, Mickey Gannon, and an Everest? Oh, gosh. Ah, it's got that's to one, that's there, one of those ones where you just happily like let your mate pick because it doesn't well, really matter. You, like, you, you can't, you can't make Dom. a bad call. If I have to choose one, I'll take in secret. Well, Dino's yeah. whack Dominic Byrne, would you believe, already today. So you, you can try and do his job for him then, Dicko, and stop sitting on the fence and give us an answer. I'd take in secret because Cylinder will be worth more money in, in actual races that are group races. Yeah, and it is a myth. We had a chat to Jason Walsh there on Thursday for Giddy Up Stable Mail is that there was talk around that Godolphin – won't start a cult in a race like an Everest if they have if they haven't won a Group One. He says um, that's rubbish in a way. He goes, of course we would consider an Everest. Have if, you, if oh, once I heard enough. that, the last I heard the Sheik do a like you know a Wallace style little offer YouTube update, then I'd probably just wait and see it happen before I believe that. Yeah, well, I think they're open to the idea anyway, Dino. Yeah, I'd, I'd go in secret for sure. I think um, obviously Cylinder's a nice horse, but in secret's a Group One winner on the main, uh, already down the straight has the form lines around it. Last two runs have been outstanding. I think you could forgive last start, third up peaks. Uh, I'd be taking in secret any day of the week. So Aquas Sunshine in Paris, Shinzo two out of five lame. So we have got to see how he has pulled up during the week. But he, if he's right to go, you would imagine he would represent Coolmore. Have they, is, have they blown up about Ryan Moore's ride for causing that lameness? No, they wouldn't. Um, they, they wouldn't do they that, wouldn't, would they? He, he just had That'd to be ju- wrong. He jumped yeah. on a plane and went. That would right. be a low act. Yeah. I agree. They shouldn't do that. Sort He's of only one what about one. Tokyo Tycoon? Gee, I see it's well in the market. Um, well, we had a chat to David Ellis, and he says that horse is staying put in New Zealand. But David mm. Ellis, unless uh, he gets a, 
Like he he or could be bat. yeah he be he could be doing deals left right and center playing on for doors because you could have two like, horses in this race before you know it. Year long, oh, I know Cornella. Yeah, year long <laughs> with alcohol free. He she goes around in the premier stakes, I think. But um, yep. and year long will go with her. I, I would imagine if she performs well. But then they've got a horse like she'll go around in Peritrees and a Moya. Year long have got the capabilities to offer a deal. It's too good to refuse to David Ellis and Tiako racing their Dino. They do. I think they should. Um, I'd love to see her in the race. I think it adds merit, adds class, adds everything to the race. I think I think Dinko mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that if she probably doesn't go to the race, it sort of puts a little bit of a dint in it this year. I think the Everest is meant to be the race that all the best stars go there to line up for a race mm-hmm. over 1,200 metres. So... I don't know if they've put themselves in the corner now where they've said so many times that they don't want to do it, that they can't actually go there and go against it. Um, but oh, I think she's got to be there, even with Kiki Kit coming out. And like you mentioned, uh, there's a couple of sort of slots that they don't need the money. They prefer the yeah. publicity and probably win the race. So. And Yulong's not a charity. They're a, they're a multi-million dollar organisation. They're not going to... Well, they don't care about helping the Everest. They just want to make money. And the, 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 the slot holders that are a bit of a charity... Um, Seem like they've already got their horses, so I, I think it's looking grim now for Mr. Jang. Mr. Jang's offered before seventy percent to the winner. I think he did a deal with one of those horses going back a few years, so um, he might try and do a, a deal. Since then, though, he yeah. spent about one hundred and sixty-five million on mares alone. So, well, that's just his hobby. So, I think another he's got... piece here, lads. Though Premier Stakes this Saturday as well. Marzu goes around. If we see Marzu fail again, I'd be surprised. Very if good lines point. Up in the Everest, yeah, could be another slot yep. there. That's what makes the Everest so intriguing. Um, It's 8.35. We've got to take the news. This is the Monday breakdown on Giddy Up to start your week. Mickey Gannon, Dean Watling and Jack Dickens with you. Plenty of text messages coming through. 0499 736 736. We'll get to them as well in the next 20 or 30 minutes. Don't go anywhere. It's great to be with you on this Monday morning. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Monday Breakdown, 8.38. Mick Gannon, Dean Watling, Jack Dickens with you. Just quickly, Simon Miller over the moon with the work there of Amelia's Jewel this morning at Mooney Valley. She goes to the valley, so we've got the, the Queen and the Princess of Australasian harness racing in a way. We could have a couple of queens. And Imperatrice should be hard to beat in the Moya. And, of course, Acadia Queen. Acadia Queen, I think she'll go to the Cox Plate now. Amelia's um, Jewel, you mean? Amelia's Jewel, yeah, I should say. And we're not talking harness racing. We're yeah. talking proper ponies. Come on, man. Amelia's Jewel will be going to the Cox Plate. So she'll this, win on the Friday old, night. This, I'm this, not feeling very... This leading very... information from the uh, connection uh, uh, to Gig Kicks really rattled our man. I, um, I, um, I'm not feeling too well today. But Amelia's Jewel will definitely be going. Um, to Mooney Valley Friday night and then possibly to the Cox Plate. And that will be something to see what she can do. We'll take a quick break on the other side of it. And don't forget, we've got the Brownlow medal tonight. Giddy Up did a Giddy Up Extra. Brownlow medal special coverage. Adam White, Nick Negropotis, myself, and even Huey Fitzpatrick got involved. And we went through most of the markets. There's 20,000 of them with Bet365. But hopefully we can help you back a few winners tonight there with the Brownlee. We'll come back and have a chat about alligator blood straight after this.
Alan Kerr at the 300, grabbed by Alligator Blood. Tuvalu try to go with him. A gap, Lindemann, Jewess, right you are, and Sulcum from a long way back. Alligator Blood at the 150 extended. A length in front of Tuvalu and Jewess. But it's Alligator Blood clear, looking to go back to back. His mighty heart gets him there. Alligator Blood's won it. Tuvalu second, Jewess third. Well, they've got to have it in their heart, haven't they? They've got to have it in the fire in their belly. But he's just such a joy, you know. He's a really joyous, wonderful horse that'll give all the race goes through the spring so much fun. Oh, he was 1,800 metres today. Do you dream of a cox plate with him? We dream of a cox plate every night of my night. <laughs> <laughs> you think this year? This year he's even better? He's not going to have better. But he doesn't have to get much better. He, he's, he's hit his hobbles today and he'll keep improving. But he doesn't have to improve a huge amount because he's a multiple group one winner. Even Gay Waterhouse was talking harness racing with Alligator Blood hitting her hobbles, or his hobbles anyway, after that performance in the Underwood Stakes. I think Jimmy makes a good point for Mafra. Questions for the expert panel. Do you think that a quality oh, front... Turn it up. No. Yeah, turn, you... oh, that's, a, that's rich from Jim. No. That's a whack. That's a whack. Oh, you... I'm about to go whack here Let too. me finish the question. Do you think that a quality front-running jockey like Jordan Childs could have won on Alligator Blood? <laughs> well, like, that's, a great, that's a great question by Jim. Was, to be honest, it was embarrassing being part of that conversation last week without any fact of anything questioning... The credibility of the goat. We weren't. We weren't. Is, hey, you you were, go, no, you no, Don't no, back away from no, it. No, I'm not. You, I'm just saying that. Wanted all right. Trials on alligator what, No, I asked. It was just a top. It, it was at Flemington, and flame, and it took five sleeps, five, for the goat to come out and make those statements look as stupid as they were. It wasn't a statement. His it was ride a, on Saturday was a thing of absolute beauty. It was a context. It was mature, context. It was mature and experienced. Don't be an idiot, holding Dico. the lead, and when the race changed complexion, he didn't lead because he's the goat. Yeah. He sat off the speed. It was the, one of the great rides of all time from one of the greatest riders of all time. Correct. Full credit to Damien. Do you think absolute, Damien, is Damien a good front-running rider, Dicko? Is 100%. He, is it, Do the numbers. Full yeah. credit, though, must go to Gay and Adrian Bott for the job they do with these horses. Like, this horse has been through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And the job they do with these horses is just outstanding. They are an amazing training partnership. Yep. I love the quick backup with Alligator Blood. Tuvalu was brave. From a Cups perspective here, Dino, who are you with? Joad Sulcum or without a fight? I thought it without the fight was the run of the race. He probably came from an inferior position compared to Sulcum. Now, all three of them were outstanding. Duay is probably the one that might be over bet next start. I think he had probably three lengths um, advantage in the run and found the line. I think um, without a fight, that was outstanding. It's a brutal tempo. I know we, we said that Damien Oliver's not the best front-running rider, and I don't think he is. I think he's got bigger strengths coming from off the speed, but this ride was an absolute peach. He's gone around 16 lengths faster than he did last week, and I think that just shows the strength of alligator blood is going fast, clicking the tempo up from the 700 metres, which they did. And that just gives all the back markers, puts him into an absolute world of pain. And then he's held on the last 50 metres. That's how you ride him. He's an aggressive horse who can settle on speed and go at a good clip. I think sitting, uh, making the race a stint and sprint isn't his go. So full credit. I know we knocked him last week, but Damien Oliver's shown up this week and I'm with, without a fight wherever he goes. The, 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 look, the back and over it again, he went slow last week. They all went slow last week because there was a 25-kilometer wind. Not one leader won last week at Flemington. So you can't compare a raw number to a raw number. It was a completely different setup. No leaders won. So if you look back at Flemington and you horn up for horses that had cover the whole way, you're going to go, you'll do your money cold when they go to the race's next start. You, you, the, the horses that were brave up on speed are the horses that you want to follow. Without... So the, 
the raw sectional from last week at Flemington will be a misleading uh, data point for punters at home. Without a fight, $8. Francesca Guardi, $8. Solcom, $9. Break up the Japanese star for the Caulfield Cup, 11 And then you go down to horses like a first immortal at $13, Mickey Gannon. Who do you want to back in a Caulfield Cup? Yeah, he is. Uh, is Francesco Guardi going to the Caulfield Cup, G? Yes. Yeah, I'm very keen to be Francesco right, Guardi. Yeah. But just on Alligator I don't Park, hate that either. Fantastic win, but wait for age group one galloper, proper, proper galloper, you know, stamped that midweek, beating up some horses that just weren't ready to win there on Saturday in regards to without a fight. And Tuvalu, like, great. If if Alligator Blood doesn't turn up, Tuvalu wins that race. I don't know how strong it is. I don't want to be with Alligator Blood uh, for the rest of this preparation. He won't won't win another group one, I don't think, Alligator Blood. Francesco Gatti. Yeah. Tuvalu goes to the (laughs) Perth Carnival now. So he has a break and be all set for like a, a Kingston town. I thought that was one of the great rides of all time, Jamie Carr too. Yep. Lou. She she was sort of a bit off, I thought, Flemington. She's taken her time to warm up. She's rode outstanding on Saturday. Her ride in race one at Flemington yesterday was as good as rides get. She's completely back. Um, th- there are runs in this race that you can get uh, hooked into. I agree with Gano. Like even Van de Clare got through the line pretty good. He was the third best last two hundred of the race. So that's scary. Like it's a scary thing if 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 you don't trust it. I think, but it, you can't knock the runs at the same time. So, um, and and that first immortal, mm. oh, it could have probably won by another ten if it needed to. And that ride by Hugh Bowman was out. Like just, <laughs> he's a good horse. First immortal. He's a good horseman, yes. Hughie Bowman. Like what a. What a ride that was. Son of Churchill, first immortal. Melbourne Cup market. Vorben, 550 hasn't arrived yet. Solcom, a clear second pick at $7. Desert Hero, $12. Break up at 13 Francesca Guardi at 13 Just fine at 15 And West Wind Blows, many are tipping him for it. He's arrived in Australia for a Caulfield Cup as well at $15. We'll take a break. We'll come back with plenty more, including your text messages here on the Monday Breakdown here on this Monday morning. Barkley Square and Uncle Bryn go for home together at the 250. It's Uncle Bryn by a length and a half. Barkley Square. Then came floating artist Goldman Emissary Alaskan God. Uncle Bryn, 100 metres to go, is surging away. Uncle Bryn, second in the race last year, first today. Floating artist, second Alaskan God, third photo. Athabaskan's winding up and Alibi gets the run down the inside. Alibi went to Desert Icon. Athabaskan wide out, swamping them. Athabaskan got up in the wire to nail Alibi. Desert Icon. So two the really third. good staying so performances there. Athabaskan and also Uncle Bryn jumped out of the ground there on Saturday to take out the old naturalism, the Foundation Cup. Dicko, can Uncle Bryn be competitive in a Caulfield Cup now? Uh. Yeah, oh, this, this was a brutally run race. He didn't sort of jump out of the ground, he just stayed on top of it, you know. Um, oh. Where was he at? I didn't, I, I couldn't, I don't think it, he was going he was great guns for, before. Forward the... midfield, on pace suited. Both the sort of longer races at the back of the day were on pace suited. It was a pretty much a midfield on pace suited day at Caulfield. Um, Shiraz was the fastest last 200 metres of the race and probably started 200 to 1. So, um, I don't know about this race either, yeah. but they have gone a good clip. Um, he's certainly thereabouts at, at that level. That the big the big number he's going to run because they ran so fast to the to the six hundred is going to put him in contention in anything really. But yeah. um, I just don't know about these sort of horses. I wouldn't want to steam into them. 
Afabaskan, you're all over him in Sydney, Mickey Gannon, and he got the job done for uh, Johnny O'Shea. Your thoughts there? Yeah, I think he's found his limit now, though, Jay. I don't think he'd be competitive in a Caulfield yep. Cup at all. He's got to line up against it without a fight. Francesco Guardi, Solcom, the likes of those horses, first immortal. A good couple of lengths off those, Jay. Oh, you boys were taking on Amendable in the Thursday preview. You were right on the money. Um, he never looked like it there on the weekend. It was a beautiful ride up in front with Buffalo River. Dino Watling, but what did you make of Amendable? Is it beaten odds on favourite? Yeah, it's hard to get in the race. I think the way the race shape was, that's the ride was outstanding. That's how you ride a front runner, clipped up, a solid sort of speed throughout. And then you just watch in the replays from the 600 metres, it just builds the tempo. And if you're a back marker, then that means you've got to get on your bike sort of six, 700 metres out and then sustain that run over the top. You just can't do it. And I pinched it the last 50 metres, you fall in, but that's the, the race shape. Amendable. He was probably poor under the odds, um, but I want to be a little bit forgiving just on that race shape. I don't think that suited mm-hmm. him at all. She she clicked up from the eight hundred, which broke their hearts, and and yeah. the the horse looked after her. Well, the, this horse of that tempo ran eleven eighty four last two hundred, which is pretty hard to do. Yeah, like Amendable's run eleven forty eight, so it was the race shape peach. was completely wrong for Amendable. But he's at the mercy of a race shape because of how he's ridden. So, um, you know he. The race shape was on paper, and he still started a dollar eighty. Mm. So, I think you forgive him, but you, you're at the mercy of the gods when you back a horse like this every single time. And, and particularly is... when you see Buffalo River in a race, blinkers yeah. off, and apprentice on. So she was going to have a harder time than normal to control the horse if she wanted to. And um, yeah, it's sort of plenty of plenty of text messages coming through. So I'll get to them. Horses to follow as well. I'll have to touch on Yellow Sam and Toowoomba. People want to have a chat about Blake Shin's ride on red card there at Caulfield on Saturday. We'll get Dicko's say on the Clayton Douglas situation with the giggy kick and the scratching there. Um, so still plenty more to come here on the breakdown on a Monday on Giddy Up. Uh, let's take the nine o'clock news. Great to be with you on this Monday morning, Giddy Up. Um, great time of the year, footy finals. Don't forget, if you want to try and back a winner with the, the Brownlow medal tonight, we've got a podcast that we dropped Friday afternoon. It was a Giddy Up Extra, Punters Club, Adam White, myself, Nick Negropontis, and also Hubie Fitzpatrick. We went through all of the markets. The lads have done all of the stats. They've um, deep dived into all of the games. Adam White's the best judge in football that I know since I've been in this caper. Um, Adam White just tips winners for fun, not just the winner, but he's tipped the last two winners, but he knows the ins and outs of who's going to be in front after round five, et cetera. So all that information's on our podcast. Just subscribe to Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Do you not find it fascinating, G, how the, the, like we're so obsessed with the Brownlow medal? Yeah, now we are. Right? It's like a, it's it's become well, a well, massive punting. They not articulate pretty clearly on Friday night that they have, limited ability yeah. to officiate the game, let alone decide who was best on. Like yeah. They can't give free kicks that are right in front of them. How are they supposed to pick the best player on the ground? It does my absolute mm. head in. Let's get to a few of the, the questions coming through. Can you ask Dicker if we stick with V8? Calvin McAvoy said after the first up run that likely will be a little flat second up and we'll be peaking into the guineas, plus gets Dean Lay back. I think you mentioned that before. You've got to give him another chance. He's yeah, 17 I think you'll have an SP like, yeah. that'll hold him up and you'll sort of have to be with him a little bit for sure. Um uh, uh, at the price, you don't have to overthink that. Dino, what did you make of Yellow Brick there in the Wheatwood at Toowoomba on Saturday? It was, uh, yeah, like Benny Thompson, all that pizzazz, nails um, Yellow Brick right on the line on his home track there. So 
He, I thought he was brave, Yellow Brick, but he was defeated as a short price favourite once again. Yeah, funny story. Obviously, you can't sort of script some racing. Benny Thompson gets sacked off Yellow Brick and then rides the winner to beat at home. I think me and Chris O'Nelson touched on this that Yellow Brick's trial leading into that was probably Chris not O'Nelson the best and compared, I. <laughs> Please don't compare. Yeah. Compared to last preparation. So um, <laughs> interesting to see it get beat, but um, don't sack it. I think it'll improve off the run. Um, what about, this is a question coming through. Hey, Gareth, just want to ask about, think about it. If any one of the boys saw his trial on Friday, is he a little out of sight, out of mind with the Everest? Or do the boys think he is a level below these sprinters? That's from Jess. I'll go to you here, Dino. Yeah, definitely. He's up. He's right up to them. His trial, his first trial was probably better than his second trial. He goes around in the premier stakes and second up into Everest, if I'm not uh, wrong. So he's definitely out of sight, out of mind. He is the one that's sort of got no ceiling at all. He could be an absolute freak and brings mm-hmm. the sort of the picket fence. And Joe Pride, he can do no wrong at the minute. So I can't wait to see him back. His trials have been um, probably the best I've seen a Joe Pride horse trial before. All right, Mickey Gannon, what'd you make of Blake Shin's ride on red card? And I'll go to you, Dicko. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yep. All right, then. Simple Easy. as that, G. Not much else to say. I, was, I tipped it. I was on it. $2. It got rolled. Started $1.40. Ride was fine. Yeah. Got beat. Had complete PR. Um, great ride. I think the horse is vulnerable at 1200 That was the fastest ever gone to the 600 Um, Again, maybe Dom's away. I don't know. But yep. um, maybe the 1100 will suit that horse a little bit better. The market loved it. It was a, one of the... It was one of three steamers in a row. I wasn't on red card, but I was on yellow sand when Wiramoo Pin dug it up and then slowed it right down. They went extremely slow, awful, awful uh, ride, but they're allowed to have bad ones and they'll bounce back. And then uh, perfect, perfect. Um, I took 10 bucks. That thing started favorite and uh, never looked that likely. Maddie T says, I was with yellow Sam as my best on Saturday. Was she outclassed or should I wait for a better gate? I think. No, 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 no. She was not. It, it was just a, a car crash of a ride. Yeah. They just put it on a plate. Uh, Tatum and Wiramoo just said, Jamie, how fast are we going, babe? And she said, we're not going very fast at all. And they said, sweet. And they just sat off her mm. and she did whatever she wanted, J Carr, and that's what she can do. And that was Nunthorpe's second birthday in, in two and a half weeks. So um, be careful about Nunthorpe next start because she'll find a different setup most likely. Yeah, um, but you don't just follow in. You don't just fall in the yellow sand because it should have won on Saturday or could have won on Saturday. You know that was its potential birthday, and they um, didn't light the candle. All right, then this Literally. is the Monday breakdown. So we'll have a chat about horses to follow now. Then we've got a couple of the topics that we can discuss. I know that the team want their opinions on the giggy kick situation. I want to pick your brain because the Sydney set was superb once again on Saturday. Mickey Gannon, I enjoyed that interview with Tommy Berry. But first of all, horses to follow. We'll start with you, Dino, Mick, and then Dicko. Yeah, two to follow for me. I thought Celestial Legend was outstanding first up um, over that trip at Rose Hill, wherever it goes next start. And I want to follow Red Card. I know there uh, was poor on the weekend, but the SP, the second up profile, that stable, I want to be with it third up, wherever it goes. So, Gano, they're the two for me. Yeah, Mark West is a horse I want to continue to follow, G, wherever yeah. it goes. I like it. It's a good good horse. I think How Good Are You is a horse I don't want to follow, and Alligator Blight is another horse I, I don't want to follow. So two horses there that have had sort of promising springs ahead. Obviously, Alligator Blight was huge, but I just think it just did it. Did it. Oh, it's going to find harder grade. Let's just put it that way. Dicko? Um, I thought of the winners on Saturday, um, first immortal is probably the one you can – Follow with a bit of confidence. That was an arrogant win, and it's got a lot of upside. 
Um, I like the, I like the performance of Perfect, despite not winning. The market stamped it as a good horse, and uh, it probably was not suited versus the race shape. Um, I thought yesterday there was a horse, um, yes. and God bless it's I guess God bless this horse, but Muramasa uh, returned gelded. It was a pretty nice performance, fresh for that camp. I, I think that horse is in for a nice prep. There might be one outside the box that can go a little bit better races. Trent Buss and Natalie Young had a really good weekend. Their three-year-old sunset. Thank God they like yesterday. It was one of the most grimmest Saturdays of my punting life, to be honest. Yeah. And I was I was flat and uh, got more remastered last night, what, courtesy of that horse. What did you make? I, I needed it and I got it. What did you make of Wolfie Snow Patrol Beauty Rising that race there? El Sonzo is the horse out of that race. I think yes. with the the most upside as a bet. Uh, Wolfie's been up for a long time now. He's a great trainer, Nick Ryan, but they'd have to be thinking about, like, you know, have we gassed him out now? Yeah. And um, Snow Patrol, if you're back to his last two starts, <laughs> well, you need to go and see a head, a head, yeah. a head reader, because, uh, and you can take me with you. It's, um, but <laughs> it's been pretty stiff. Yeah, it's no, but sur- I think El Sonzo was probably stiffer than it yesterday. Yeah, it's no surprise that wherever the blue and gold go, success follows at First Light Racing, firstlightracing.com.au. Mickey Gannon, geez, it was he- great to hear from Tommy Barry there on the Sydney set on Saturday morning on 1170 and SE in track with yourself and Nick Ashman. I think he'll come back a better jockey. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the spring. Seems inspired, G. He's he been does. working hard, so he's spent plenty of time with his kids and he's worked it all out again. He's got some good rides. He's been riding some good ones. Sounds like he's uh, ready to go. And he, he did make mention of how the young apprentices have been doing their best work and uh, he sounded like he's keen to get back in there and show them how it's done, G. He, so ju- he jumped out one for us, G. But we've got one with um, Kieran and Dave up in Sydney. He yeah, jumped out one for us uh, a week ha- and a half ago. So happy? hopefully he, uh, that might be one he returns on. You know, All them. right, Dicko, you want to have a chat about this Clayton Douglas situation? Do you want me to um, tell you what I know to help you with your opinion or you just want to go ahead? You can start. Then when I start, you just let me finish. All right, then 100%. Um, so I, I just had a chat to Clayton Douglas. He mentioned that I think he was a little upset with what Miles Fitzner said on this show. Oh, not this show. Was it, um, yesterday, Milo? And I love Milo and he's, and it's, he, he's, he's, he's got strong opinions and that's why he makes, um, that's why he's, um, so great, Milo. We all love people with strong opinions, but I think Clayton wants to get the message across is that they only knew that that horse um, that muscle was torn and he couldn't go on towards an Everest um, like Friday, Saturday. He's got his own vet, that horse. So when he finished up with the McEwen Stakes, he was jaded. So he wasn't in his stables. He was at the beach all week and they never worked him. They just um, looked after him and gave him a week off basically. And then they were trying to work out what his plans were going forward and they knew that there was something quite not quite right with him in that second week. So they did test and they did scans and that's why they pulled him out of the premier stakes. They announced that. And then a couple of days later, they're having a conference and Jonathan Munns and the vet say to Clayton, we probably can get there to the Everest, but you need to do this. And then Clayton goes, I don't think I can train him to be at his best. It's not fair on the horse. Let's make the decision and take him out of the Everest and start again next preparation. So that's from a horse trainer who loves his horse more, more than anyone. And that was the situation behind the story there with Giga Kick. So they didn't really know until they told us, basically. That's what Clayton's telling me. Your thoughts here, Dicko? I think that that camp 
whether it be Clayton and if Clayton, if I were Clayton, I'd be on the radio, not on the phone. I'd be on the phone to you, then on the radio because that camp has misled the media, you and the rest of the media, who's then misled the punter the entire way. They've thrown a group one jockey and human under the bus for a ride that was completely sound. The horse has gone much faster than that repeatedly, gone faster than that first up previously. That's a fact. And it's to the detriment of the sport and it's very, very much damaged the brand of Clayton, which is a shame because it's not fair on Clayton. He's a, he's a, uh, like a passenger in this scenario, but they have been uh, misleading and they have a, when were they misleading? If I've just explained, this is what they, that's what they, that's what happened. I'm not taking their word on anything now. So you're calling him a liar then? I'm saying that the, the can't, not him. I haven't heard him speak. I've well, heard I just his told brother you what speak. he said. Well, I haven't heard him speak. I've heard his brother speak, and they were misleading, and they, that's they were aggressive on, on the way they handled Craig, which was wrong. Yep. I it, think it, it was it was just weak. Mickey Gaddon, but, your thoughts on this? To be completely blunt, G, there's so many great narratives in racing. I'm done with it. I want to move on from it. I can't wait to see the Everest. It's a shame for the horse. For me, I'm disappointed that the horse is injured. I'm not sure how or why, what has caused that. Other than that, I always want to move on, mate. You're a a Mr. Nice Guy, but I agree with you. I think it's a narrative that makes racing, or it gets everybody talking and and racing. The the narrative that leaked out on Friday and Saturday was that the ride might might have caused the injury. No, I don't know. It it was. Who said that? uh, 528. I was watching 528 when I heard it first, and that's sort of what they implied. It's, It's just... And that, that that narrative exists because of the way that they reacted to Craig's ride. There's two different narratives. The injury in Craig's ride are two different narratives still. They need to be kept. They, yeah, like that. Know? I agree. Yeah, I'm in Gano's court. I think uh, I want to look after the horse, want to get him back. But I think the miscommunication around the whole thing, the, there's been a little bit of a circus around the whole thing, but I'm keen for it to be done and sort of move on, Gareth. All right, then, boys, it's always a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Looking forward to this week. It's a funny old week in Melbourne because we've got Mornington because it's, yeah, it's a grand final weekend off. Mooney Valley Friday night. Yeah, we've got the Moyer on Friday Under night. Racing, Just on the Moyer quickly, gents, I'm interested to get your thoughts here. So um, night racing, Friday night, is Moyer going to be a small field or is it a big field? And if it's a small field, does that make Imperatries a, a minor a minor risk? Well, she's coming out of that extremely brutally run race. So, um, you know, she's got to be a risk, doesn't she? We'll find out. I depends how that track, <laughs> depends how that track plays as well. Um, this is from, this is from James Harrow. Nothing to report. Just looking at our options, few decent options around. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Also have the option of running one of our own court, one of our own cults as well. So that's from James Harron regarding Which one? Him. Which um, Cassidy would be the one I'm yeah. guessing out of the. Mm. That's interesting. Um, good on you, lads. And, hey, just have you got a futures bet for a Saturday, Mickey Gannon and Dean Watling? Because it's one of the best days Ooh. in Sydney. It's Epsom Day. Yeah, I thought the inevitable was going to be a really – he's going to be a really good bet, G. Um, drops a few kilos there. David Spires to ride um, comes up from Tassie. And good, good blokes in the ownership there. Uh, yeah. Bear Robinson, G. Bear. Yeah. Yep, Bear Robinson. So the What about you? a loose it's... unit. I think it, I think he probably could have won last start, and I think Waterford might get there on the seven day backup, okay. but just not too sure. So I think you're getting decent price about both those. All right, Dino. Osipenko, if it goes to Epson, I think it will be winning. Comes out of the really good Mike Diva. Loved it. it's worth late. So that's the one I want to follow. And 
If anyone's out there, there'd be a few listeners on the good odds for um, Tiz Invincible in the flight state, so we'll be cheering her on. All right, then, then the great tip-off, you got your future show tonight. Looking forward to that. Love your work, boys. Have a wonderful week. Thanks, Chance. Thank you, guys. There is the Monday breakdown. Mickey Gaddon, Dean Watling, and Jack Dickens. 17 minutes past nine. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Bag of Tips and Butch Castles not far away.